Hi, and welcome back to NFL Game Time Podcast with your host, I'm Alex Rubinson. And I'm Shai Dweck. On the last episode, we broke down our alternating mock draft picks 1 through 16. So if you haven't listened to that episode, go back. It should be probably where you found this podcast. It should be right around there. We broke down 1 through 16 in our alternating mock draft in that episode. On this episode, we're going to break down the second half of our mock draft picks 17 through 32. So, Shy, let's start it right up because it's game, game time. time. So, again, as a refresher, or if you did not listen to our other episode, I had the odd picks. Shy, you had the even picks. We'll start at pick 17. The Los Angeles Chargers, Brian Bulag is no longer there. Rashawn Slater really blossomed into a star left tackle last year. They have Corey Lindsley in the, on the interior. They need that right tackle now. They need to continue to get the most out of Justin Herbert, protect him, and help them get to the playoffs, a position that they should have been in last year. They obviously fell short. I had them taking Trevor Petting. To be honest, I thought you were going to take Petting at 16, and in that case, if the Chargers, maybe I would have taken an interior offensive lineman or just gone in a different direction. I de- I was heavy on the Chargers taking a corner early on, but I think bringing in J.C. Jackson, you know, to go along with like an Asante Samuel Jr., who they took last year, I think that's enough to bypass a cornerback in the first round. I, they need a right tackle. Penning's definitely a bit of a project, and there's definitely some projection that has to go on, along there. But he's going to be at right tackle. You have good offensive line players around him. You're obviously blocking for a star quarterback in Herbert. And he does have that great nastiness and that mean streak that teams really love to see. Yeah, this is a, this is a player who has a lot of upside. He has the physical tools. He's got those intangibles. At times, you know, he do- he doesn't show that he's fundamentally sound. He gets play. He he lets defensive linemen get into his chest, and that's really when he gets beat. So he does need to be coached up quite a bit. Um, maybe not a player that necessarily is plug and play. In my opinion, he might have to be. But again, if Rashawn Slater can continue to do what he he did last year, you have a veteran at center and great offensive talent. You might not need him to be. Come right, come in right away and play up to his full potential. Right, he with a great offense around him, he potentially can. I mean, he can't be a liability, but he doesn't have to be a star out of the gate. Right. So there, I, I, there's more. There was more. Pre- I'll say this: there was okay. more pressure on Slater coming in last year oh, than if absolutely. they take Penning this year because they needed a left tackle big time, and their all, all whole offensive line was a mess. Lindsley, they obviously brought in last year but a lot more pressure on Slater last year than Penning if they do take Penning. Absolutely. I think this pick does make a lot of sense. Secure that, Try to secure that other side of the offensive line, let it develop. You still have some, a couple of holes on the interior, um, especially at right guard. Um, but I think those can be taken care of later in the draft and can be kind of covered up. So, Shy, Philly, they had three first-round picks. Now they have two. Uh, at fifth, uh, yeah, fifteen. I had them taking Jermaine Johnson. You had them at eighteen. They attack the other side of the ball with this pick. Yeah, I had them taking Chris Olave. Wasn't much of a decision for me. They need a wide receiver. A lot of the 
speculation. You'd, you'd even consider Devin Lloyd? I consider Devin Lloyd. I think it could be a Devin Lloyd spot, but all the, the speculation, you know, this is part of, this, a lot of this is a predictive mock, so a lot of speculation is that Philly wants a receiver in the first round. They really do need one desperately. It's probably still a bigger need than linebacker is for them right now to take some of the pressure off of Devontae Smith. Um, and Jalen Hurts. And Jalen Hurts. I think Chris Olave can do that, come in and be that number two and really allow Smith to take those next steps. He can do one thing really well, and that is get open with his route running. We mentioned it in the other episode that he's probably the best route runner in this draft. And that just gives Jalen Hurts easy completions, builds up his confidence, play breaks down. You know you're going to have a guy who's open, can get open quick, which obviously helps get the ball out of your hands quick. Again, I thought about taking a Jamison Williams or or even a Lave back at 15, but with both still available and a guy like Jermaine Johnson on the board, I thought, take the best player in Johnson. Right. I probably can get one of those top two receivers at 18. Right. So, 19... You picked for the New Orleans Saints. I did. Speak of the devil. I did. You had them taking? Devin Lloyd. I am taking Devin Lloyd. I'm a big fan of both Lloyd and Dean, and they're. I really like both of them. And I think, I don't understand, maybe it's because they played linebacker, and that's not, and that's a position that isn't as valuable in today's NFL. I don't understand why they're dropping so much. I've seen mock drafts where Dean doesn't even go in the first round. Yeah, I think those are very bizarre. I even think, like, I, I'm not saying Lloyd is a st- complete steal at 19, but you look at who else was on the board, he's probably the best player available. He does fit a need for New Orleans. Uh, you had, the, I, I think the Saints should address the receiver position, and you had him do that with Jamison Williams at 16, and I really like that pick. So I think, obviously, he's not an edge rusher, so it's a little different than what we had Philly do, but it's kind of reverse of what the Eagles did. With, so with the Saints, again, addressing the offense, getting more speed, having, I know Williams was injured, but some more reliability with what's what's going on with Michael Thomas here. I am addressed the defensive side of the ball. And I just thought, again, Lloyd was probably the best available player to do that. And they have a pretty good secondary. March on Lattimore, defensive line, you got guys like Davenport and Cam Jordan. So they already have a pretty sound defense. They did, I feel like, need that guy right in the center. And with the versatility that Lloyd brings, he can fit into a lot of schemes and a lot of, and on a lot of different teams. Right. I think Devin Lloyd's a really good player. I think this is right around where he should go, if not a little bit higher. I don't understand why he falls. I think the Kobe Dean stuff is mainly concerns about his size, you know, not being able to really... And he didn't, he didn't run the fastest time uh, at the Combine, so it's like, well, he is shorter than most, and now he's also not running as fast. Put on the national title game or any other Georgia, Georgia game. He's all over the place. And we'll get, into, we'll get to Dean in a bit, so I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. But I do think Lloyd also plays with very good speed. Might not be a complete athletic specimen, like some are looking for, but he's very versatile, can blitz, can drop back in coverage, can make plays on the ball. I thought this was a very, very solid pick for New Orleans, and I just thought he was probably one of, if not the best players still on the board. I completely agree. Um, I picked for my Pittsburgh Steelers. This was not... Not a surprise. Not a surprise. This is going to... if. 
you know, the spec. I still believe in the fact that if Malik Willis falls to ten or even, you know, falls past ten, the Steelers will probably try to make a trade. trade up. It'll be interesting because, on the one hand, you kind of get past Seattle at nine, and although I don't think Seattle is going to take a quarterback, you get past Seattle at nine. There really aren't any teams that's in the market for a quarterback. So then the Steelers might try to say, do we kind of risk it and not trade up? Or is there a worry that either a team in the teens surprises us and takes a quarterback, or does a team behind them trade ahead of the Steelers to grab a QB? Right. I mean, obviously in this mock with no, with no trades, we had him falling, which is just you know the way the board played out. But I think there's a good reason why many teams have Malik Will- many many teams. Many analysts have Malik Wills as the best quarterback in this class. By far the highest ceiling, cannon for an arm, super mobile. I think Malik Willis, mainly because he also plays quarterback and how valuable that position is, I think he might have the highest ceiling of any player. That That's a fair thing to say. I think it's close with him and Thibodeau. And although pass rush is important, because quarterbacks are such a, at another level in terms of how a quarterback can change the outlook of a franchise... I think Malik Willis has the highest ceiling of any player in this draft. I would not I would not argue against you. I think that it that logic does does hold. I think a lot of it's gonna be does he have to start right away? What situation does he go to? Because he really I does hope, need to I be developed. He, I hope he doesn't. I hope he doesn't start right away because right. I think you know, you look at guys like Mahomes and Allen. I mean Allen kinda did start right away, but guys like Mahomes and Allen they were developed in such an incredible way in terms of bringing them along slowly. And by good organizations. And by well-run, good organizations know what they are doing. And I think Malik Willis, if he does go to the Steelers, will be getting that same type of treatment. A lot of it's going to depend on who drafts Malik Willis. Yeah, I, I think... that That's the one thing I don't love about ranking quarterbacks because a lot of it would depend on who they go to. I think if Will- Willis going to the Steelers is probably one of the best positions he if could go to. He could go that to. Need, that, uh, when you look that at the teams that, that need a quarterback. Because, again, like Buffalo or the Chiefs or like Packers, they're not taking they're a quarterback. Not quarterback. I mean, Saints could be good, but I I, mean, I think it's probably unlikely that they... I think it's less likely that they, that they do. I also think I might give the Saints a slight edge in terms of best possible situation, but also no Sean Payton. So although that situation would still be solid, it may not be as great as it once was. Right. I mean, I, I think if Malik Willis goes six to Carolina and is thrown to the birds uh, week one, I think that could ru- that's a, that could ruin the beginning. I'd be surprised career. if he starts week one, but if Darum struggles and rule knowing he needs to be coaching for his job, I could see by week five or six, and which I, which in my mind is still exactly. too early. He should only be starting if. Maybe a guy gets injured. Right. So now we're just talking about him as well. You picked for the New England Patriots your guy, Nicobe Dean. I love Nicobe Dean. You know how much I love Nicobe Dean. I know. I don't understand. I've, I see him getting taken at Green Bay at 28. <laughs> I've seen him. You're laughing because you think they should just go all offense to please Aaron Rodgers. No, but, no, because I my in the mock draft that I that I showed you, I had him going 28 to Green Bay. Well, and I, thought, I, I thought that was funny that you mentioned that. I've seen, but I've seen him go at 28. I've seen him 
go at 32 to Detroit. I've seen, in some cases, him slip to the second round. He's, and I understand he's smaller, and he doesn't run the fast 40 time, but you turn on the tape, and he's just so much faster than him running in shorts. I mean, of course, if you maybe timed him, he literally wouldn't be faster. But his game speed, and I kind of said the same with Kyle Hamilton on the last episode. His game speed, his play speed is so much better than what the stopwatch said in Indianapolis. I want to draft a guy based on game speed and play speed more so than what a stopwatch at a combine says. This Georgia defense was one of the most talented defenses ever. And he was the leader of the defense. He was the leader of the defense. He was probably the most consistent player on the defense. And while at Georgia, he arguably may have been the best player on the defense. I I don't understand his fault. I, I just I, I don't I I understand it, but I don't agree with it. Um, I'm a fan of Nakobe Dean as well, not as quite as big as you are. The concern for Nakobe Dean, I'm not saying I agree with it, is that his size is going to make it hard for him to get off blocks at second level. Which which is, in the NFL he's so is a concern because I, I do get that, but he's also so versatile. He's a sure tackler. He can he can cover both zone and some man to man. He can blitz. He's such a, just a smart player with such great intangibles. Yeah, he's a guy who should be going in the middle, maybe even I don't want to say early first, but I, don't, I think he could go in the twelve twelve to fifteen range, and I wouldn't have a problem with it. I don't think he will based on what we're right. seeing in some of the, what these analysts are saying, and what it seems like the momentum is uh, trending towards. But if he really won the 12, in like the 12 to 15 range, I, don't, I wouldn't have a problem with it. I think he's that good of a player. I know maybe you disagree with me, and I definitely like him more than you, but I'm a big fan of Kobe Dean, and I don't, I don't care what, where he ends up going. I'm, I'm going to be a fan. And he's probably going to be, when all is said and done, one of the biggest, in my mind, one of the biggest deals of the first round. Made your pitch. I think a lot of analysts have compared Nicobe Dean as being kind of like kind of like a knife and Devin Lloyd being like a hammer. Mm-hmm. If, if, you can, if you can follow kind of a lot the logic there. He's going to get it into gaps. He's going to make tackles. He's going to, you know, break up things and disrupt plays. Well, Devin Lloyd's going to be you know, a guy that's going to, you know, be that kind of big mass in the middle for you. Yeah. But I really do think Nicobe Dean is a really good player, and I think this fits really well with what the Patriots want to he's do on a, defense. He's also just a perfect Patriots player, yeah. in my mind. He's, he's, he's going to lead well, wherever he goes. So now we get to those aforementioned Green Bay Packers. They have two first-round picks. I guess, yeah, they're both even picks, so you held both Green Bay's first-round picks. Starting off at 22, they did not take a receiver. Yeah, I had them taking Kenyon Green out of Texas A&M. This was a fairly easy pick for me. I think they could have gone receiver. Um, I just didn't think... It was hard for me to kind of justify a reach on uh, a guy like Traylon Burks or so John I, Dotson. I don't think Dotson and Burks... I'm not saying this is perfect value, but I don't think 22 is a reach. I don't necessarily think it's a reach, but I don't think a guy like Kenyon Green makes it past a team like Tennessee. Well, so that's the calculated risk you have to make if you're the Packers. 
because I think they could use a boost to their interior offensive line. Do you take the receiver at 22 and hope Green falls to 28? Or do you take Green at 22 and hope at least one of Brooks, Dotson, and maybe maybe Christian Watson, I don't know how they view him, but maybe even Christian Watson falls to 28. It's kind of the way the... I think mainly my logic was one of those guys will be there. I just... uh, one of that, those three, you don't think? One of the th- th- three, probably. Dotson and Burks, who you I... You think could both be off the board? Dotson and Burks, who I like a lot better than Watson, I think both could be off the board by 28. I think that's fair. I, I just, you know, it's a calculated risk I'm going to take with Kenyon Green on the uh, still on the board here. I think you plug and play him at guard for Green Bay. You say, Aaron, this is someone who's going to keep you upright. He's a great player. He's going to help in the run game. You're basically getting instant impact starter on the offensive line. Similar guy to, to kind of like Zion oh, Johnson. I like the pick. I like the pick a lot. I wouldn't have a, a problem with the pick. I just think, well, first Packers fans, I think will go crazy if they don't take a receiver. Um, but also, I, I just think that, I don't know if, I know in our mock draft it ended up happening, but I just don't know if during the NFL draft, Brooks and Dawson, I don't know if one of them will be there at 28, especially if the Packers don't take a receiver. This could be Burks or Dawson. I could see well, it. If the, Bur- if, if the Burks. <laughs> um, Burks. If the Packers don't take a receiver at 22, and let's say Burks and Dotson are starting to slide at 28, every I think so many teams are going to think that 28, Green Bay is now targeting the receiver, and you're going to have teams like the Chiefs and teams in the second round try to jump Green Bay and steal that receiver. Again, is that a risk? The Packers are willing to take. It's fair. So twenty three. I, I consider a receiver at twenty three to the Cardinals. Interesting. I think that no Christian Kirk. Um, you know, obviously, I'm not saying they made the right decision based on the contract he got in Jacksonville. So I think that was a smart decision by the Cardinals. But you have Hopkins. You have uh, Rondell Moore. AJ Green, I think, came back. Yeah, uh, AJ Green's not the long term answer. Andy though. Isabella still there. Uh, Hopkins is coming off an injury. He was kind of banged up throughout this year, and other than Hopkins, no one, no one from a receiving threat scares you. I think AJ Green enough made enough plays where I think he. We disagree on that then. Okay. We 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 have different opinions on AJ Green at this stage in his career. Okay, that's fair. So, I, I, I thought he had a nice season. He had a nice season, but I don't think... Eight, you're not saying, oh, we're good at receiver. We have, you know, however years old A.J. Green is now, we have that A.J. Green. This isn't prime Cincinnati Bengals A.J. Green. Yeah, I know you, I know what you mean. I just think he can he can still make plays and be dangerous. I don't think it warrants a first-round pick. I think what the selection you did make of Andrew Booth Jr. at a Clemson, from at a, at a corner, is a much more valuable position you know, uh, well, that's why I made the pick, right? I, <laughs> <laughs> and this was a thing that I was kind of, I was going in between and I kind of used my, if I were the GM, what would I do as like the tiebreaker here? Because I do think they really need to improve that defense and they can improve it in more ways than one. Chandler Jones isn't there. So I think they could definitely use a pass rusher. Carl Loftus, maybe Arnold Epichetti, but I just thought Andrew Booth Jr. He's a first round pick. In my mind, I think this is a very a solid value. Like this is the range I think Andrew Booth should go in, and they really do against these prolific offenses. The Rams and their you know the Rams in their own division. You know we'll see if Debo Samuel stays in the division. 
But they, they need to upgrade that secondary. And I thought Andrew Booth, best available secondary piece out there. Very, I think he can be turned into a very good corner. So I just thought good value, premium position, need, kind of fits all three. I think if the corners walk away with Andrew Booth Jr., they're very happy with how the first round turned out. I would be too. So I picked 24 for the Dallas Cowboys. This is a player who I think will go higher, who I think will go somewhere in the teens. Do you think? You say the player, then I have a question for you. I picked Jordan Davis, Georgia defense tackle. So you say you think he'll go higher? I do. Should he go higher? No, not necessarily. I think I'm, I'm with you on that. I, if I were, if I were a GM, it has to be incredible value for me to select Jordan Davis because he, he's a terrific run defender, and I think actually he, I think that I think he could go 17 to the Chargers. I could see it. Oh, I def I could see him go as high as thirteen to the Texans. I almost I would have t- almost took him at thirteen to th- if I would have well, that have the pick. Right, so I think he I think he could go much higher. I don't know if he should go. Yeah, he's higher. not a three down guy. He's not a three down guy. And what did we talk about in, on the last episode? We were talking about Charles Cross, right? And we were saying that with Cross, what is so appealing is his ability to pass block and how valuable yes. pass protection is. What also goes for the other side of the ball? Being a two-down run stopper isn't very valuable in the NFL. Yeah, you can find those guys in the on day three or sign them to like cheap one-year contracts. I want a pass rusher if I'm taking a defensive lineman in the first round, and I think Jordan Davis has pass rush potential. He played at like 360 pounds for really his the year at Georgia, and then at the combine he showed up at 340. And looked you know more nimble, quicker, faster. So it's possible him playing at three forty in the NFL, he can turn into a a better pass rusher than he was in college. But there's a lot of questions again, and we're talking about the first round. I don't love the idea of taking a run first interior defensive lineman in the first round, especially when the NFL is passed the value of passing has skyrocketed. And I want guys who can affect the quarterback offensively and defensively. And I think there are questions about that with Jordan Davis. I, I think that's fair. I think you pick if you're picking Jordan Davis, you're picking someone who's a two down guy and you hope who he comes can, and in. You on, hope he can develop. You hope he can come in on some rundowns and plug a big hole in the middle. And that's what a team like the Chargers might want, who are really bad at stopping the run last yeah, year. Yeah, they did sign Austin Johnson though, cheap to cheaper contracts. Like I think if I were the Chargers, again it depends who's available. I would much rather be targeting a right tackle or a corner before I ta- before I target That's fair. Jordan Davis. That's fair. But I think the Cowboys, it makes sense. You get it's good value here. You know, get a, maybe BPA, the best player available, take a guy in the defensive line. He's gonna add depth there. You can now kick some guys, you know, outside. Maybe you can rotate him with Neville Gallimore. It just gives you more depth in the position. It does. I just don't know. Do you want to take a guy you're rotating yeah, well, I don't think Neville Gallimore is a three-down tap. Three well, that's either. the thing. Like, so do, that's why you have rotational guys. But the, do you, you want to take an, do you want to take another Neville Neville Gallimore in the first round when you got him what in the third or fourth last year? Right, but Jordan Davis is much better. Yeah, that's he's going to be an impact player. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah he's better than when Gallimore. he's on the field. He's going to be really good. I don't think as a run stopper. Do we know he's going to be a really good pass rusher? I think he can he can develop that he can develop that, but 
I, I think I think it's a good value. I think the Cowboys could just take him as best player available. So the Bills. Bills. I went with an interesting pick. I don't know about this one. <laughs> I've seen it in a few mock drafts. I mean, that's not why I did it, but I have seen it in a few mock drafts. So I'm not the only one shy. I know they have two great safeties. But I went with Daxon Hill. Because I think Daxon Hill can be more than just a safety. I think he's more than just, you know, put him as your center fielder and have him kind of, you know, defend the deep ball or whatever. So I think he can be a solid... I have questions of maybe if he can be an outside corner. Okay, but I so think, you're, pl- you're picking him to play nickel. I think, I think I'm picking him to play a variety of positions. So I think who- he can... I think he can play. I think he can play a variety of positions. I think he can line him up all over. I think he can be kind of a Swiss Army knife of types that he can cover I agree up. With that. He can cover up a lot of holes. And I know they have two really good safeties, but you. This is a. This is also a very good roster. True. They don't have many holes, and I think Daxon Hill at this pick was one of the best players available. He can play, as I said, he's very versatile. Can play a variety of roles. And if I do have one concern about the Bills is consistency in their secondary. Tredavious White's coming off a significant injury. I have concerns about, right, they let Levi Wallace walk. He's now with the Steelers. I have concerns now about the depth in their secondary and really just at the top as well with Ken White. How will White rebound after that, after the significant you know injury right. last year? Look, I really love Daxon Hill as a player, you know, before Steelers signed Trail Edmonds, I had been very happy, fine, if they took him at 20 overall. Here's the thing. Bills, this, is, this is also kind of like a best player available type of pick. Which I, think, I see what you're saying here. I don't necessarily think he's the best player available. He's, but he's up even, there. He, right, but, that, that's kind of... he's. A, but I think we look at the, when you look at the Bills, they, you know, you're going to get on me for talking about need again. They need an outside corner. They have Teron Johnson and, to play the slot. And I do I do think they need an outside corner, and I did consider Kyler Gordon. I just think from a value standpoint, I think Hill provides more value. That's no, I would um, agree. And but I did consider I did consider Kyler Gordon. And I could okay. see Buffalo is this a spot they trade back into the even later first slash early second and get a Gordon, get a Kyer Alom, get a Roger McQuarrie, kinda get one of those guys where maybe the value is a little bit better, you get another later pick. I think that could be definitely an avenue that the Bills should be leaving open. For sure. Okay, so now pick I picked 26 for the Tennessee Titans. This was a hard one, but I think it needs to be offensive line. This is, I think, a great spot for one of the two interior offensive linemen if they were still available. One of the two top guards, John, Zion Johnson or Kenyon Green, both of them weren't available in our I lock. don't think they will be on draft night. I'm saying if they were, I think this right. is a prime spot for one of them. Absolutely. I don't think this is probably both their uh, floors or ceilings of 26. They don't make it past them. But he's not on the board. So I thought about Tyler Linderbaum. They have Ben Jones at yeah, center. They need more of a guard than a center. Yeah, I mean, Linderbaum can play guard, but he's just a little bit undersized. As you, feel, you feel a lot more comfortable with him just kind of coming into what he's already known at the right. same position. So I went with Bernard Ryman, tackle at Central Michigan. I'm not a huge fan of Ryman, but I do think he'll be a first-round pick. Just because if Trevor I, Penning is a first-round pick, well, Bernard Ryman should be. Not even a first-round pick, but Penning's going middle of the first round. There's such a steep drop-off to Ryman or Tyler Smith out of Tulsa that... 
maybe we might get that fifth tackle in the draft just because of the value of the position and how much of a need it is for so many teams. But again, after penning, there's such that steep drop off. That I don't necessarily might... think it's as steep as you do. Um, I think it's really steep after the top three. Mm-hmm. I think pen. I like penning better. Um, but I just think that you need a guy who either who can come in. You need a right tackle. We also need someone who can come in and potentially replace Taylor Lewan, who's clearly lost a step. Bernard Ryman can will come in has that you know potential, and you can kind of develop him. Look to develop his intangibles he, to do that. He was a tight end not that long ago, so athletic he, guy. He's very athletic, but he's also very raw. So he's very raw, which can be good and bad. It right. can mean there's a lot of coaching and a lot of development, but it's also. He's done a pretty good job for someone who's really still learning the position. For right. someone who's this kind of... Fall, I mean, he is so behind guys like Cross and Neil and Kwanu and even Penning because of, you know, he really didn't start playing the position until, what, like two years ago? So for guys who only played this position consistently for about two-plus years, it's pretty impressive that he actually is just pretty good already, and I think that kind of shows just, yes, he has a lot of room to grow, but seeing how far he's come in such a short period of time, there's there is that increased level op- of optimism. He can continue to get better, and again, maybe he's not turning into a star, but he can turn into that rock solid left or right tackle in the right. NFL. So I really love the pick that you selected at twenty seven. You took Devontae Wyatt, Georgia defensive tackle, the other Georgia defensive tackle. I really, I. This is best player available. This was best player available. I'm, yeah, I'm high on Wyatt, uh, especially at you know defensive tackle. I like Wyatt maybe as much as I like Jordan Davis. I, I think they're very close. I think Wyatt at twenty seven, it was best player available. This is another spot where I think we could see again if those guards do fall. I think I would. I think Tampa needs another guard. You remember uh, Alex Kappa left yep. in free agency. Ali Marpet retired. They did bring in Shaq Mason, but I think Tampa needs another guard. The value just didn't match up. I think this could be, you know, you take Linderbaum, you try to move him to guard, but uh, I think if you've got a guy like Devontae Wyatt here, it's hard to not take Right. And I, I definitely thought, like, could they go Linderbaum? But again, like, I think it makes more sense if you're going to move Linderbaum to guard, I think it makes more sense to have a short-term option at center currently. So maybe it's Linderbaum for at guard for a year, and then you move him to center. They just signed Ryan Jensen back to a three-year deal, so he's going to be kind of their the center for the future. Right. So I just didn't think Linderbaum made the most sense. I mean, I could have taken a receiver if we were going best player available. I think, though, that they have plenty of talent at that position. Yeah. They have a lot of prime, premier resources to have him up. learn and rotate behind Vita Vea, I mean, that's got to be a PMO. Well, also, Nadam Kinsusto is unsigned. Right. So he can also line up alongside Vita Vea. You have guys like um, their first round last year, uh, Joe Tryon. Uh, he's there, obviously, Shaquille Barrett. I thought about, you know, do they double up back-to-back first rounds on edge rusher, Carl Loftus, Arnold Abichetti? They're both still on the board, uh, but I again I thought you know they have talent at the edge positions. Again, best player available. I went Devontae Wyatt. Love the pick. So now, no receivers went, which, which may not happen on draft. Night, that's something that said. would surprise me. I mean, you look at I think Tennessee's a landing spot for a receiver potentially. I think the Cardinals at twenty three. 
There are a couple of spots. Maybe right. Buffalo if they want to. There's a potentially. Few, there's a few spots, and again, I this was a no trades mock, and this is a position where, if let's say the Cardinal, let's say what, the Cardinals are Titans, let's say one of those teams takes Burks. Yeah. And now Dotson's sliding to Green Bay. Chiefs, and I've led, you know, Chiefs maybe, maybe the Lions, but teams kind of in that second, early second round, they might say, ooh, that's really good value for Dodson, but we think Green Bay is going to take him. Yeah. Let's trade up. Now, obviously, Burks and Dodson were available. You went Burks. I went Burks. I think he fits more with what the Packers want to do. You talk about a guy that's really versatile, you know, a little Debo Samuel-esque, if they can't, you know, the J- it looks like the Jets may trade for him, not the Packers. Um, I think that means this is he's just a versatile guy, guy who can throw up to fades at the goal line, win contested balls. Um, and he's a big slot guy, and you don't see that many big slot cornerbacks. So right. He's a mismatch. He You really line him up on the inside, you really can try to exploit those mismatches because normally those slot receivers are kind of smaller, twitchy guys. So the slot cornerbacks are also smaller, twitchy guys. Now you're going up against a guy like Burks. First time I was watching him, I was surprised he was lining up in the slot because he just his body type just screams outside receiver. Right. So I was I was very surprised to see Burks, you know, be that slot receiver, but he can create mismatches. I, Green Bay, I think, with kind of repairing the relationship with Aaron Rodgers, I'd be very surprised to see the Packers not take a receiver. Yeah, I mean, it's it's got to happen. It's some, some, one, of the, one of their first-round picks. I decided to go with the second one just because the value made sense to me. Um, but I think Traylon Burks is a great player, and they'd be happy with him at, at 28. I really think they would be. They would be thrilled. And uh, to be honest, I think they'd be satisfied with him at 22. So back-to-back picks now for the Chiefs. I took 29, you took 30. It was tough to pass on Jahan Dotson at 29, but I also knew they had the next pick, which was 30. So I think let's kind of wrap these picks together because they are back-to-back. I took George Carl Loftus. They tried Chris Jones on the outside at edge rusher, and that didn't work. They move him back to interior. He looks a lot more like himself. Is Melvin Ingram on the Chiefs still? Is he unsigned? I th- I believe he's unsigned. That's what I believe as well. Okay. I believe he's unsigned. Continue, continue. So they, and adds to your case. It adds to my case. But I, it, if we found out tomorrow that they re-signed Melvin Ingram, I still don't think no, yeah. re-signing Melvin Ingram is going to prevent them from taking an edge rusher in the first round. Especially George Karloftis, who's tremendous value at 29 overall. It wasn't that long ago there were talks of him being a top 5-10 to 10 pick. Absolutely. He was in the conversation with Aiden Hutchinson, with Kayvon Thibodeau. And he just didn't have that great year. A lot of times we look at those like break, big breakout years in like their, you know, junior year, and then all of a sudden the guy that wasn't really on many boards all of a sudden jumps to like the first round. A guy like Jameson Williams, Joe Burrow at quarterback in years past, Carl Loftus, he wasn't terrible, and I still think he goes in the first round. But he kind of had that opposite where he kind of had that down year in his last year in college. So I think that will. We're going to see him fall. We're going to see him slip. I still think he's a first-round talent. Big edge rusher. They obviously know they have a needed edge rusher by trading from Evan Ingram last year, by trying to move Chris Jones to the outside. Now you get that big, powerful guy to go along with Chris Jones. 
I think I'd be interested to see if this situation does come up. Do they go with Carl Loftus or Arnold Epichetti, who are completely different players? Carl Loftus more the bigger, powerful edge rusher, and Epichetti kind of the speed, you know, bendy type of edge rusher. And I think it'd be interesting because Chris Jones, I know Chris Jones, again, is an interior defensive lineman, but he's kind of that bigger bull rush type of guy. So I wonder if they would prefer the different skill set in Arnold Epichetti. Right. And I'm at 30, pretty easy. You set me up for John Dotson. Not too much of a question with this pick. Um, this, is a, this is a speed guy, a guy who plays a lot of body control. Not the most refined route runner quite yet, but he can get there. He just has really good... He's got uh, great ball skills for yeah. someone who's 5'11". He's 5'11", he and he his contest... Uh, we talked about in the last episode of Drake London's ability to make contested catches... That makes sense. He's a big receiver. Jahan Dodson makes a surprising amount of contested catches for someone his size. He's also really twitchy. You were saying he's... I know you were a little lower on his route running. I actually think he's, a, you know, for where he is in his development, a sound route runner. I think he's fine as a route runner. And really, I think he just knows how to get open, knows how to make plays on the ball. I I think, just don't know how big his route tree was at Penn State. Yeah, but I th- again, I think he that can also improve as he gets to an, no, to the for NFL. Sure. I think he's he can certainly be a first round pick. Is Dot? I don't. I don't think Dotson might go before this though. Or at least you might. Have, if you're the Chiefs, you might have to trade up for Jahan Dotson. It's possibly slips to this far. I was thinking at one point, does he get out of the first round? Because I was always like a fringe first rounder. But it seems like if anything, he might be slowly moving a tiny bit up the board. It'll be close. Mm-hmm. I think he'll go in this range. Maybe a few picks before, maybe even a few picks later. But I think this is this would be a great value pick if you're the Chiefs. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. It fills a need. One of the better players available. You get a guy, you know, kind of does, you know, a physical guy, kind of, but, but a very different player than what you have in Juju Smith-Schuster and even in MVS, Marcus Valdez-Scantling, who you've already got there. You've kind of got the speed. You've kind of got... The physicality of, of of Juju, that guy can line up at the slot, and then you kind of got your, you kind of do a little bit of everything. That guy who can win at the catch point with John Dotson, I think it's a it's a it's a pretty good uh, trifecta there. So now Cincinnati Bengals, my last pick. This was tough. This was a tough pick for me to make. I was deciding between two guys, and it's you. You should be able to guess the two guys. Tyler Linderbaum and Kyler Gordon. And this was really tough for me because I think Linderbaum's my higher-ranked player. We obviously know Cincinnati's well-documented offensive line woes, but they also signed Ted Karras. And it's, do you... like it, Lin, Does Linderbaum start right away? If he's not starting at center right away, do you put him at guard? They made they did make great improvements to that offensive line, Lyle Collins, Alex Kappa. So now it's do they turn their attention to the secondary because their secondary I mean, all the attention was on the offensive line, but their secondary was abysmal last year and they could definitely use a player like Kyler Gordon. Ultimately, I went with Linderbaum and really the tiebreaker was best player available. Yeah, I completely agree. I love the pick. I'm a really big fan of Tyler Linderbaum. As am I. As am I. Unfortunately, I think he does slide more than he should just because of the position. Him going at 31 would be, in my mind, a steal for oh, Cincinnati. It's and that's great value. And I think, you know, you're, you have guys that position. 
I even like Trey Hill more than Ted Karras. Ted Karras but, is not going to... Like, that's another thing. Is, like, I don't think Ted Karras should stop the Bengals from taking Tyler Linderbaum. Oh, absolutely not. I think you plug him in at center, figure out guard. I think... You Maybe can, you can move Karras to guard. Or even Hill. Hill actually might profile a little bit better there just because of the size and physicality and, you know, a little bit younger. But I, I, I think this really helps solidify that offensive line, make it really solid. You've got four or five really good starters there now. And that's completely transformed the position. And then you can kind of rest easy saying, I've taken care of that now. Let's move on to our other needs. Um, I think it's a great pick. Yeah, so, again, best player available. Leonard Brown, a guy I think should be more of a mid-first, but maybe center isn't valued as much. Some teams don't need a center. And ends up slipping to 31. Great value pick for Cincinnati if it does turn out this way. Shy, take us home. Right? I, you know, I've seen a lot of mock drafts that had uh, Desmond Ritter going. Ritter's gotten a lot of publicity as that third quarterback that's rising I have him as my third quarterback, but Hit. I kind of look at what Detroit needs in a quarterback, and I think you want a guy who can sit behind Jared Goff, a guy with, you know, a higher upside, a guy, you know, who... I think Ritter has plenty of upside. I think he has plenty of upside, but I just think... I also wanted to shake it up just a little bit. I think Corral, like the mobility aspect of him, the quick release. Well, that's also a concern of mine, though. I think he, he can't he can't be running twenty to thirty times a game with no, his body type. But I think I tend to think Corral has higher upside than Ritter. That's my that's what I think. It's um, it's close. That's just I, 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 like, I like Ritter. You know how high I am. I actually, Ritter. I, I probably like Corral a little more than right. Than we're, Ritter. we're very different. It, on these two. I would say it's three four. Like for me, it's it's not. Yes, Corral's three, Ritter's four, but it's like a quick three four. Like it's they're so close together. No, and I think are. when one comes off the board, the next one's going to come off the board not too long after. Right. I just have Corral here because I think he. I think. He gives you something more different from Jared Goff than what Desmond Ritter is. Um, I think Jared Goff's always been a, a, a fine processor. It's you know when he has time, it's just been you know the issues with you know accuracy and ball placement. So you but, things of that nature, and I don't think you necessarily want. I think you might want more of a change of pace than a guy like Matt Corral who can develop more, sit behind him, add a more dynamic element to that offense. And I think at 32, that's a really good place to kind of take him, develop him, have that have that player in your back pocket. So you think Detroit takes a quarterback at 32? I do. You do. I do. I don't think I don't think I'm not setting it in stone. Right. Well, I but, don't. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 we're not setting any of these picks in stone. Right. But I I I'm, I would say I'm like 55. Like I'm not that sure of it, but I'm I'm sure over 50. You're over 50. Yeah, I would but. say. Do you see? I, I, do you see a team potentially trying to trade ahead of Detroit? Whether it's like a Seattle, an Atlanta. Oh, yeah. A team in that range. For sure. and I mean, for sure. I think there's a, there's plenty of teams that could be moving around the first round for guys like, you know, Ritter. You know, I, I, I think Ritter will go in the first round. I think somehow it will shake out that way. I just like the fit of Corral better with Detroit. Right. Right. Well, that's our mock draft. Those Again, those were picks 17 through 32. You want to check out 1 through 16. Look for our previous episode. Shy, I do want to have kind of one final thought. 
as I'll let you think about yours. Um, mine is just the depth of this class. Like we, we talk about yeah, there's lack of top top end talent. We talk about if this were last year's if kind of if these players were in last year's class, Aiden Hutchinson, the number one overall play, pick in our player and pick in our in our scenario, he might not even go until pick eight in last year's draft. But this year's depth, I mean, that's how you get guys like Linderbaum falling to 31 and Dotson falling to 30. And you and Kyler Gordon not even being a first-round pick. There's so much depth in kind of the 20 to, I'd say, what, 50 range and even beyond. There's going to be so much, I think, excitement on day two and even on day three just because of the amount of depth in this year's class and the amount of really high profile players you'll be able to find in rounds two three four maybe probably even five and six just because it's probably again it doesn't have the exciting top five to ten talent that maybe we've seen in the past but man does this draft have some of the best depth we've seen in recent years i completely agree um i just i'm just excited uh I think there's not going to be as much chaos, you know, trade-wise as there was last year. But I think it's so unpredictable. There's going to be pick is going to be exciting, and I'm just. It feels, it feels like it's, it's been such a long time coming, and uh, I'm there, ready. Every I'm ready. because of the lack of consensus, as I've said, there's going to be so many surprises that we didn't see coming that we're like, what. Yeah. But again, that might not be a huge surprise to the team or to other teams inside the league right. because there is that, you know, change in thoughts in terms of outside the league and media and inside the league. So much differing of opinions. Right. So that's going to do it for this edition of NFL Game Time Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this edition of our mock draft, pick 17 through 32. And again, if you missed it, we have another, a previous podcast that we did of picks 1 through 16. So make sure to check that one out as well if you haven't already. For Shy Dweck, I'm Alex Rubinson. We'll see you next time on NFL Game Time Podcast.